Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 224 of Weekly Poker Hand. And today we're going to start a series of hands where I go through the final table of a $300 buy-in tournament at Stone's Gambling Hall. At the end of each month, I believe it is their Sunday tournament, uh, they have a $30,000 guaranteed event. So they have to get um, 100 people. It's a nice solid tournament. This is what a lot of casinos do, um, especially those who tailor mostly to locals. They'll usually have $100 or $200 tournaments throughout the summer or throughout the uh, month. And then at the end of the month, they have a bigger tournament. So here are the current chip stacks. We are at the final table already. Everyone's in the money. I don't know the exact payouts, but presume a somewhat normal tournament payout structure. So there's no odd jumps or anything like that. And the players involved in this hand are going to be Iceman, who is last in chips with 22 big blinds, Chris, who has a lot of chips, and Norm, who is kind of in the middle of the pack, okay? Notice there are no super short stacks. I mean, 22 big blinds is not that deep stacked at all, but it's certainly not like in the mode where they must go all in every single hand. So let's take a look. We are playing, just to confirm, 4,000, 8,000 blinds with an 8,000 big blind ante. So um, again, the stack sizes involved in this hand are 70 big blinds for Chris, 35 big blinds for Norm, and 22 big blinds for Iceman. So let's take a look. Iceman is going to be under the gun with Queen Jack of Spades with his 22 big blind stack, and he decides to limp. I think this is a significant mistake. You essentially need no limping range, in my opinion. I think you're gonna be much better off just raising with everything. Now, you may find spots where you can limp, especially from the cutoff or the button when you expect the players in the blinds to be very aggressive. Like, say you have Queen Jack suited on the button, if you raise and get jammed on, you're not happy about it at all. But from under the gun, if you raise and get jammed on, you can be pretty happy to fold, right? Because presumably you're opening only a strong range of hands and this queen jack suited is at the bottom of your range. So if you raise and get jammed or re-raise, you can easily fold. So um, from the button, you may decide to limp. And then if someone raises to four or five big blinds, you can then call in position. That's reasonable. But from under the gun, again, if you limp and get raised, unless your opponents are overly aggressive, you probably don't want to see a flop because you're going to be very dominated in that scenario. So I would just fold this hand or raise it from under the gun. Queen jack suited is fine. It's a reasonable bluff hand. Um, if you're raising something like eights or better, and then ace, jack, and better, king, queen, and then king, jack suited, queen, jack suited, jack, ten suited, your range is going to be very, very strong to where you can open this hand with no problems. So anyway, he decides to limp, which I, I don't really like. Then it gets around to Chris, who has the 70 big blind stack, and he gets ace, queen, offsuit. And I think you need to raise in this spot. If I, you do raise, you want to make it about four big blinds or so, and he does make it 35,000, which I think is quite nice. I have no problem with that raise size. Um, there is a little bit of merit to limping with ace-queen as well, because if you raise and get jammed on by Iceman, I think you have to call it off once you put in four big blinds, and it's only going to be 18 more, because then you're calling 18 big blinds to win a total of 46 or so. So you're getting pretty good pot odds at that point. You don't li like it at all, but who knows? Iceman may, ran may randomly do something silly. So I think raising's fine. But if you do raise, you have to realize you're probably calling it off here. 
Uh, you do typically want to tailor your range so that you do have some raises with the intention of folding, like maybe ace jack offsuit, you raise and then fold to the shove. I think that's fine. Um, but you, you can't really do anything too insane here in Chris's spot because he is in third position at a, what I think is an eight or nine handed table. Let's go back and look at this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, and so nine handed. He can't do anything silly. All right, it's going to fold all the way back around to Norm. Waiting for the video to get there. We are watching this video, by the way. If you are not watching the video, you're only you're listening on iTunes, listening to the audio. This is going to be way easier to follow if you are watching the video on JonathanLittlePoker.com or on YouTube. Um, so it gets back around to Norm in the big blind. Norm looks like a reasonable human being. He has, again, 270,000 to start this hand, which is about 35 big blinds, okay? Norm decides to put in 100,000. That's what it looks like. So it went limp, 35,000, and then we have 100,000 raise. Yes, he did three bet to 100,000 out of his 286,000 stack. So what are people usually doing in this scenario when they blast it on you? I think they usually have some hand that they think is very good that they are going to call with if you jam. They're not going to like it, but they're going to call with it. Uh, usually I think you're going to find this to be just a strong range, probably something like nines are better and then ace-king and ace-queen. But you will see some players who randomly get out of line and do this with ace-five suited or ace-ten offsuit with the idea that they're going to fold to a shove. The problem with this raise size is when you do make it 100 and your opponent shoves, then you have to call 178,000 to win a pot that's going to be about 390,000, right? Is that right? No, I'm sorry, uh, 600, 680,000 or something like that. Three, six. My brain's not working. 178 to win a total of um, your 300 plus your opponent's 300. Is that right? It's tough to keep track of stacks in live poker. It takes a lot of practice. Um, so yeah, this, the pot's going to be about 600,000 total, and you have to put in 178, so you need to only win 30-ish percent of the time or so. And whatever you're three-betting here is going to win about 30% of the time against even a very strong jamming range. So what I would suggest Norm do instead is make it a little bit less. Make it something like 80,000. That way he can start having some bluffs where he can raise with stuff like ace-10 offsuit and then fold it if he gets jammed on. I know it's not great to re-raise and have to fold in this spot, but if your opponents know with a very high degree of certainty that you're only making it 100,000 here or re-raising in this spot with the intention of folding, that allows them to play very well. They don't have to do anything creative. They can just sit there and wait for a hand that beats your range. So what beats a range of pocket nines and better and ace-queen and better? Well, that's going to be something like ace-king and then jacks are better. And that's it. That's all Chris has to do. Get it all in with ace-king or jacks and better, and he can't really screw up. So gets back around to Chris. There may be some merit in, in calling here. So notice at this point, Chris has to call 65k more into a pot that will end up being about um, 210. So he's getting pretty good pot odds, and he's in position. The problem is, is that if... Norm has that range I just listed, or perhaps even a tighter range, some people only make this play with perhaps Jackson better and Ace-King, then Chris is going to be incredibly dominated. So even getting good odds, even in position, I don't necessarily think he should call. Another problem with calling is say Norm does have pocket kings, right? And then an Ace comes on the flop. Maybe Norm finds a way to not get stacked. 
Or say he has pocket jacks and it comes king, queen, three. Maybe he finds a way not to get stacked. So the problem is, is that if you do call, I think Norm is going to play relatively well from out of position when he does have the under pairs or whenever you beat him, he's going to play relatively well. And if you do call and then Norm jams, even if you miss the flop, then you have to put in, again, 178 to win 600. And now the ace-queen is looking at a spot where he's getting pretty good pot on. So I think in this spot, Chris just needs to shove when he has a good range. Um, that's going to make Norm fold out whatever bluffs he has, which is not going to be very often, but sporadically. And um, that's all he can really do. So with ace-queen offsuit, what should we do? Well, I just told you, if you're against that very strong range that Norm should have, you can really only get it in here with ace-king and Jackson better. And even then, Jax is probably close. So ace-queen's a fold. Let's see what he does. He thinks for about half a second and then folds face up the ace-queen. Now, I don't really like folding ace, well, anything face up because what it tells your opponents is, I think you are so nitty, sir, that you are never ever bluffing me here. Why do you want to announce to your opponent, I think you're a super net? It doesn't really do you a whole lot of good unless you think that Norm will turn his hand up every time if you turn your hand up. That will definitely happen some portion of the time in small stakes tournaments, especially. It's sort of a casual environment where like, yep, we were flipping, you know, it is what it is. Or, yep, I had you. I had ace king. If you can get very clear information like that, that's valuable. But at the same time, if people know you're going to be raising and then folding ace-queen, that's going to open the door for them to start playing back at you aggressively. Now, if you know someone is, I mean, I know nothing about Chris, but his raise preflop was fine and his fold, I think, was also fine, given he thinks Norm is probably very tight. If you know your opponent is capable of making folds in this spot, you can start bluffing a lot. Because imagine Norm is raising in this scenario with all of his big cards and then maybe something like sevens or better but he's only going to be getting it in with aces, kings, queens, jacks, and ace, king. That means he's going to fold a ton to your re-raise in norm scenario, and that allows you to bluff from time to time. But again, whenever you're bluffing, you want to make sure you're not getting the right odds to call a jam, so you should make it a little bit less. I'm not exactly sure how norm would respond in that spot if Chris instead made it 85,000 or so, because then he's getting even better pot odds to call. This, this is a dicey spot due to, due to um, norm stack size of 35 big blinds, because... If he re-raises a little bit too small, that's going to result in Chris starting to call pre-flop. And you don't really want that if you're bluffing a lot. So maybe you should pick just some, you know, hands like ace, 10 offsuit that have decent blockers to bluff from time to time. And uh, that's going to put Chris in a pretty bad spot. Also worth mentioning, um, Iceman did limp and he just folded to the, all that action. Of course, that's what you need to do. Don't try to represent aces by jamming there because you're going to get called every single time. Uh, just... Well, if you, if you make the mistake of limping, and I think that is definitely a mistake. If you do limp in that scenario, you must fold when it goes raise, re-raise. Don't do anything insane. So that's going to get for this hand. I've actually not watched the rest of this final table, so hopefully there are some pretty cool spots throughout it. Um, so yeah, thanks for Stone's Gambling Hall for letting me use this. You can watch their uh, stream. You can just search Stone's Live or follow them on Twitter, and you will be able to see their show. They have lots and lots of shows, and it's a lot of great poker content, so check it out. Thanks again for being here with me today. Good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next week.